Hey guys, welcome to the Homework Assignment Podcast, where it is our assignment to find the balance between work life and home life. I'm your host, RJ Patino. Today I'm here with my lovely wife. Hi, I'm Ashley Patino. Today what we want to do is give you guys a rundown of what this entire podcast is going to entail. Uh, we have a lot of amazing information, amazing advice, and discussions that we're going to be able to provide for you guys. We're going to cover uh, topics such as fitness and health business startups or whether you have a business and you're looking to scale it we're going to talk about relationships both personal uh, between boyfriend girlfriend husband wife relationships with your children how to parent and also relationships with the outside world right we're going to talk about social media we're going to talk about um, everything that literally you need to do not just in work but as well as at home for yourself in order to get to your and re, in order to get to where you want to be and reach your goals and the way that we're going to start this off is we're first going to give you guys a little bit of background about us who we are who i am and what we do again i'm rj patino i am the ceo and founder of elder contracting what we do is we specialize in residential and commercial construction and remodeling um the journey that I have been through, that my lovely wife has been through with me by my side and some of my closest friends which are in the room, we got Kyle, our producer, Mikey, co-producer, co co-host, um, and it's just, it's been a crazy ride. Um, we've had a lot of ups, we've had a lot of downs. There's been times where we weren't sure if we were doing um, what we were supposed to do. We weren't sure if we were actually going to make it where we wanted to go. Um, and we just want to share that story with you guys. And in order to understand that story, first, I need to bring you back to my childhood and what my life was a little bit like. Um, I grew up in a household of six siblings. I am the oldest. I'm currently 28 years old and I have five younger siblings. I got three sisters and two brothers. Um, and growing up, I would say I had an amazing life. Um, I didn't very, have very many hardships. My dad was a business owner himself. Uh, his main trade was in the mechanical and vehicle um, industry. He owned a tire shop, a mechanic shop. So uh, I was able to grow up during my summers and most of my breaks, I would go and work with him. And I learned a lot of my ethics. I learned a lot of um, my discipline and I guess money knowledge as well from watching my dad run that shop, him giving me certain responsibilities. Um, and my work ethic definitely was built and established during that as well as sports. I played a lot of sports. Um, football was my main sport. I did BMX for a while. Um, I was a lot better at BMXing than football, but football was more of the dream for me. So um, I learned a lot of amazing lessons and how to work with people as well through, through those sports. Um, and fast forwarding a little bit into 2008 when the economy really took a hit, my father was struggling with his business and come to find out at this point, he was acting a little weird and we found out that he was a heavy drug abuser and he had been this way for many years before we had even found out or it had actually like portrayed itself. Um, and I definitely know it portrayed itself because of the economy and everything that was happening in my dad's business. He was a lot more stressed. And he um, ended up just getting a lot worse. And during that time as well, I was about, I was in high school. So I was a sophomore and I had a lot going on and I was trying to figure out, obviously plan my life like most kids do in high school, trying to figure out where they're gonna go in the next few years. And 
So with that on that side as well, it, it made it very difficult for me to even see what the future was going to entail. Um, luckily, I have amazing friends, so I was able to kind of distract myself from, from my home life at that point. Um, and then come to find out also my mom was also a heavy drug user, but she did a lot better because she didn't portray it at home. Um, she would do it when we were asleep, uh, take her pills or whatever she was doing. Um, my dad was actually trying, like starting to do it, um, in, in plain sight in public during the day, didn't matter what time he'd come to my football games and be completely just out of his mind trying to get onto the field. And, um, I remember my coach telling me one time, like, Hey, your dad can't come to any more games. Anyways, uh, long story short, we'll cover a lot more of that detail a little bit, um, throughout every podcast as the topics come up, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting situation. So most of my high school life or, or period of my high school, um, there was a lot of home struggle going on and trying to figure out what I was going to do. I got hurt in football. I didn't really care to play for college ball, but that's kind of the only thing I had going for me. My dad was a big sports guy, so that was like where we wanted to head. And then I'd also plan on taking over the, the family business. So I felt like I had a decent plan, uh, but when we lost the shop, lost our home, and we had to go live with ants and stuff until we could get some stuff figured out. Um, I had that disappear, and then I ripped partially had three partial tears in um, in a few of my ligaments, my ankle, my senior year, my third game into the season. So I wasn't able to play the rest of the season. Um, got another cool story there um, with my friend Mikey that I'd love to explain a little bit later. But um, yeah, so. It, it was definitely an interesting ride and an emotional one, uh, for sure. And I got on a path that I didn't really want to be on, that I never wanted to be on. Um, a path that I, I am ashamed of. I, I didn't like a lot of the things that I, I became, a lot of the things that I was doing, a lot of the decisions I was making. Um, and so when I ended high school to about 21 years old, I just had kind of my odd phase of... Um, partying and living a very interesting lifestyle. Um, me and my friends, we, you know, from high school, we, we all did it together. And so um, there still was a little bit of, of comfortability there, I think, for all of us at that time in our lives, trying to figure out what we were um, kind of doing with ourselves. But um, point in time came, which I think it does for most people. Um, you know, you finally figure out who you want to be and you finally get that motivation and that drive to actually change. And one of the things I had to do for myself, uh, which weighs heavily on the religion, I believe in, is I felt and wanted to, for myself, go and serve a mission for my church. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so for me, that had always also been a plan was to go on a mission. And since I kind of came off that path, I was like, okay, I need to go back. I need to realign myself with my beliefs and my core values. And so I basically dropped where I was, who I was hanging out with for the most part. Um, so kept in contact with a few friends and I moved into a stranger's house out in Santan Valley, for those of you that live in Arizona. And I moved in with a guy named David Phillips. Um, he is like a father figure to me today. Um, great mentor and lived with him for about eight months. Um, at first it was very awkward and weird, but I could tell he cared for me. I could tell he loved me and he wanted only the best for me. So I worked with him. I followed him. I listened to his, his counsel and advice and I ended up changing my life. Um, there were still some 
stuff that I, I definitely had to work on, but I got myself to a point where I was actually getting on a plane to go to South America where I was called to serve the mission in Santiago, Chile. Um, and I went and served that mission for two years. Um, that was an amazing experience in itself. Um, again, a lot of hardships. I learned a lot of lessons. I learned how to persevere. I learned how to push myself to limits I didn't think were possible um, yet again. And which was kind of cool because I think once I got off that path, of, you know, sports and, you know, having that family business and being the older sibling. And once I got off that path, I, I was able to, you know, one, it's like practice, right? You have to practice to make something perfect. And so when you practice mental toughness constantly, obviously you get better and better. And then when you let go of it, it's kind of like the gym. If you start working out, if you're heading the gym, you start working out for a day, the old saying is, hey, every day you miss in the gym is a week of progress lost. It's kind of that same thing. So I went years, stop, had stopped practicing that mental toughness. And then going on my mission, I realized, wow, I had really regressed. And I was able to actually work on that again, which was phenomenal. Um, people, in my opinion, think, or at least people who are going to serve a mission, they think it's about, um, hey, you know, my main part of my mission is to go and help other people. And that is a huge part of it, if not one of the main pieces to the mission but the other part of it is that you end up working on yourself. You end up finding all the little things that you don't like about yourself that you want to work on, that you want to change, and you're able to have the time and you're able to focus on that. Because um, one of the things that our religion teaches um, and something that I'm really big on is that you have to work on yourself first before you can help other people. Because if you are trying to help other people, whether it's good intention or not, and you're not okay yourself, you're only going to hurt yourself more and you're not really going to help them as much as you're wanting to, even if you or if at all at that point. So it's really important to, you know, I had to cleanse myself. I had to clean the inner vessel before I could actually make a difference in the world, which is something I've always wanted to do. Love helping people. I love working with people. Um, and so, yeah, two years of that was fantastic. I kept in contact with Kyle, Mikey, and a few other people. And obviously my family um, had a lot of struggles going back home, uh, going on back home and that was also really hard seeing certain things transpire and I wasn't able to be there um, to kind of help my family out. So anyways, fast forward, come home from my mission and um, well, actually let me back up. So while I was on my mission, just about a couple months before heading home, um, I had plans to go to Utah. I had signed up for LDS Business College and I was going to get a degree in business management. Uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do exactly, uh, but I definitely wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I had those plans. I had um, potential plans to move in into a room or share a room with a, with a roommate for my mission. And then about a month before I, I was going to come home or get on the plane to leave my mission, I felt like I really needed to just go back home. So I ended up doing that. And then when I got off the plane in the airport, I saw... And again, so I, I had been in communication with my family. I knew there were some hardships, but I wasn't. Nobody was kind of letting me know what was going on. I think they wanted to keep me separated. They didn't want me to worry because I was 17 hours on a plane away from them. Um, so I uh, get off the plane, and I remember walking through the, the terminal or whatever, and I see my little brother, you know, he's yards away from my family, like as close as he can get to me, but without crossing the security threshold. And he's like crying, just really excited to see me. It was awesome. I remember seeing everybody. And then I remember looking at my mom. I remember seeing my mom looking just 
the worst I had ever seen her. Just completely sick. I didn't quite know what it was, but come to find out uh, a few days later, you know, she was still heavily addicted addicted to drugs. We had thought that she had kind of stopped that um, while I was on that mission. So I noticed that right away and um, called her out on it. That was a tough experience. She fought that quite a bit, but we were able to get her to rehab. Um, so before I explain that a little bit of the, of the picture, um, talk a little bit about how I met my wife, because that was kind of in between there. So basically from the time I got off the plane, I think I got back on a Tuesday, if I remember correctly. And that Sunday we do what's called a homecoming talk. So I get up on a pulpit I got 15 minutes to talk about my mission, explain who I am because I haven't seen these people in two years and there's probably a lot of new people that have come to the ward and I get to talk about my experience and what I've learned and share my testimony of my faith. Um, and on that pulpit, I, w- I looked down and in the third row, just to the right a little bit, was the Job family and my wife was sitting um, there looking all beautiful. And I remember feeling really anxious and I, I love... Loved public speaking. I was pretty good at it. Um, And I don't know if I choked or anything, but I remember trying to keep my line, my mind aligned on my talk because all I wanted to do was just keep looking over at her to see if she was looking at me. Um, And yeah, so after, after that, that talk, um, I did not approach her. Um, I was a little weak on that point, mostly because I was like, I'm not going to be like the, the typical stereotype, come home and get married in two months. Um, even though that's exactly what happened. Um, I ignored her right after that. I didn't want to go talk to her. And a couple of days later, I get a DM on Instagram saying, Hey, uh, I'm Ashton. And uh, I saw you give your homecoming talk. And I think you're really cute. And uh, I asked you on a date. Yeah, she basically <laughs> asked me out. So, yeah. well, she did. She, she did ask me out. Yeah. Um, she slid in my DMs and asked me out. And I uh, said yes. And Two months later, got on a knee at a, la- at a lantern festival and proposed to her. Um, yeah, top top three scariest moments of my life. And uh, she said no. I'm just kidding. She said yes. <laughs> I thought she was going to say no, but she, she did say yes. I don't know why, but she did. And so, yeah, then four months later, we got married. Um I didn't marry her in high school. I think that's a very important piece of the puzzle um, of our lives. And we got a little bit of backlash on that, um, a little bit of judgment. But for us, we, I mean, we were just in love. I loved her and there was no point in waiting. I wanted to start a family with her and I needed her by my side to be able to reach and achieve my goals. I knew that right off the bat. And it's kind of true because I always tell her and I don't know how this makes her feel because one, she's stunningly gorgeous you guys can see that um but i saw her potential and that's what mostly attracted me to her i i i saw a little bit of a a glimpse of the future of what she was going to become and what we were going to become together and that is what really drove me um my attraction towards her and she in the last four years we've been married a little over four years and i mean just watching that potential unfold and and seeing those i mean she's already reached the potential that I actually saw and now she's beyond that and I'm just like really excited to see I mean she's 22 I'm 28 so um I mean we've only been married four years and just knowing like in this four years that she's reached her potential I'm just so excited to see what we're going to be able to accomplish together um 
so yes, yeah, so we got married, and a few months later, we found out we were pregnant with our first daughter, um, Nova, and uh, that was an interesting pregnancy, if you want to talk a little bit about it. Um, just, I was sick the whole pregnancy, um, so that was not fun, and then I, towards the end of the pregnancy, I had retained a lot of water, so I just was uncomfortable constantly, my hips hurt, it was just a very uncomfortable time in pregnancy. And she's had four knee surgeries, that's super important, so she has really bad knees, two yes. on each knee, um, and she still has problems, she'll be walking and her knee will pop out of place. Or uh, dislocate, right? Yeah. So one of the either way, it hurts her a lot, and yes. it's really, really sad to watch. Um, and so that did not help, right? No, yeah, just all my my knees and hips and feet are all kind of messed up, so that made the pregnancy a little bit worse. And then we had to have an emergency C section with her, so that was just an addition to that pregnancy. Yeah, so that, that labor is about 26 hours. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I'm getting all this information right, guys, because this is like our 80th take on, <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, so I've been able to be, I, I, I've been corrected a lot, that, I'll put it that way. So 26-hour labor, and um, there is a picture somewhere on Instagram of me sleeping. Um, I was very, <laughs> very tired and stressed, and that is not saying, obviously, she had the worst thing in the world, but... I do feel bad for sleeping, but I, I do think it's kind of a funny memory. I don't know if that's a stereotype of dads falling asleep otherwise or labor, but I <laughs> we don't blame you, dog. <laughs> I was definitely uh, that guy. So um, I even tried to drink a lot of caffeine for my second baby, and I think I fell asleep with Athena too. But we'll get to that part in here in a minute. But anyways, uh, so yeah, twenty six hours of labor. They had tried. Uh, breaking the water and so there wasn't any liquid in the placenta with my daughter um, and she was losing oxygen and her heart rate was dropping kind of like a wave um, and they and because they gave me pitocin the contractions yeah. were stronger so that was also making her lose oxygen so they did an emergency c-section second scariest moment of my life Anyways, uh, yeah, she's healthy now. She's adorable. She has her mom's attitude. So I get walked over every day of my life um, by all three of my girls. So that's lovely um, and fun for me. And my wallet does go missing from time to time. Athena brought it to me this morning, actually. She goes, here. And I was like, oh, that's where my wallet was. Thank you. Um, and yeah, 18 months after that, we, well, a few months later, we, had, we got pregnant again. And um, so 18 months after that, we had Athena. And Athena is what her pregnancy was another emergency C-section, uh, but we knew the C-section might happen. So yeah. we were a lot more mentally prepared for it. Um, and again, I think I fell asleep during that pregnancy too. Did I? I don't know. We'll leave it at that. I did not. Um, she doesn't remember. So we're good to go. It's like the first thing she hasn't remembered in four years of my marriage to her. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, and Athena was born. She's adorable, big bug eyes, uh, very, very, extremely, ultimately sensitive. Um, very sensitive. I, I don't know if I can say that enough, but uh, she she has the sweetest heart in the world. Yes, and so if you even look at her like you're mad at her, she will break down in a plethora of tears. Um, and which I guess is a little manipulative about sometimes in my no. opinion. She's too young to do it, my wife says, but she yes. knows. No. She knows. I swear she knows. Because um, yeah, right. you can't just help but love her and she just gets what she wants. But anyways, 
don't know. I think she's really smart, so. Um, but, yeah, those are our two daughters, um, and they're fantastic. And so um, our oldest is three, so we've been parents for about three years. And during this whole time of trying to figure out how to be a parent, how to parent, which I think some, we, we kind of knew an idea, but obviously there's no book on how to write uh, or no book written on how to parent. Um, well, there are plenty, but you can't. Just, yeah, you they can't, don't work. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't matter. You can't read them and write yeah, them. It doesn't even compare to the real life yeah, experience. experience and um, during that time, so my mom, my siblings, my younger siblings, I have a younger sister, who Bella, she's 15, and I have a younger brother, Gunner, uh, who is 13 now. Um, and they were living with my mom, and my mom uh, was... Even though she went through rehab, I don't think she ever got over her addiction. Um, I think she got really good at hiding it again because she only went to rehab for a month for what over a decade worth of an addiction to prescription years, pills. Yeah. I mean, um, and it wasn't our choice. She she did they let her out, and uh, I don't know if they could keep her there, obviously, but she she stopped going after a month, and she wasn't as bad, but I think she was still doing it. She would just learn how to control it and not do it around us. She dove into work. She was working literally all the time. She was hardly ever home. Uh, but I got married and moved out of the house. So I didn't see a lot of that, but um, she started uh, drinking quite a bit and she was driving with the kids and something happened. So that kind of got us involved and to figure out what was kind of going on. Yeah, and at this point, your dad and your mom were separated. Right, yeah. So dad and mom were, yeah. Mom and dad separated like a, a year after, so like in 2014, um, dad left and, um, I'll explain that sort of a little bit later of how I kind of, um, got into the lifestyle that I didn't want to live. A lot of that had to do with him. Um, and, but so yeah, my, my siblings were just living with my mom and she, you know, was drinking a lot, had, had, it, uh, her addictions to some other stuff. And so we ended up taking in our siblings, um, DCS got involved not be, not due to us. Um, it's not, there was a school incident. And it had nothing to do with school either. It was an anonymous call from somewhere. An anonymous call. Whoever that person was, thank you. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know if I would have... I would have. I could have controlled the situation myself, but it wouldn't have really progressed anywhere yeah. uh, without the involvement of DCS. Um, and so we've been in the, working with DCS and child services with our siblings. They've been in our care um, for the last two years. And... Um, the plan has been reunification with my mother, um, but she has not been showing, um, progress. So it looks like we're going to be leading towards guardianship and adoption here shortly. Um, but what's interesting for us at least is that, you know, we're trying to establish how to parent, we're building our family, starting our lives, all of that, plus taking in my two siblings, um, and that burden on my 22 year old wife who that, I mean, I, I'm just so proud of her and the way she handled that. She has just been my anchor in that because if she couldn't handle it, like, I don't know what I would do with my sillies, but they wouldn't be in my house because my life is my pride and joy, but she's been great. And that's there. Of course, there's been absolutely tough moments. Um, again, like a business, there's been moments where she's wanted me to give up and I wanted to give up and we've, you know, luckily never felt that quite at the same time. And we've been able to kind of pull each other out of those um, uh, moments. And I think a lot of that also stems from is that these two kids are teenagers and we've never dealt with teenagers. I think, I mean, my wife literally was a teenager a few years ago and um, had an adorable attitude that she kind of still has. Anyways, um, but yeah, so trying to figure out new babies and 
terrible twos and two teenagers that are like trying to figure out their life and going through puberty and you know my brother never had a sex talk so i you know anyways it's 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 been a it's been a wild ride um i am grateful for it i think we learned a lot of lessons and we do love gunner and bella um they they are frustrating um, a lot of the times and there there was so much of like life's lessons that they didn't get taught. There was so much schooling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were failing, you know, Straight each ups. year yeah. for multiple years. Um, they didn't have clothes that fit them. I mean, it just, and so they're, they were so regressed and they didn't have the common sense that kids their age should have. Like they were almost like reading, uh, but living at a fourth grade level mm-hmm. when they were in, you know, high eighth school. grade in high, high school. And so, that was very frustrating, um, just even teaching them how to do stuff that they should have learned to do in, in fifth grade. And then on top of all that, they also had the trauma of like my mom and my dad not being there or kind of being around and them so, you know, having addictions and stuff. And they actually got the worst of it because like me, you know, I had 15 years of not even knowing what was going on, but like good parents, like, you know, my dad owned a business, we went to church every Sunday, we did family events together, we were active in sports, active in you know, our community, uh, both my parents were community leaders and, you know, we, we had some great vacations. And so they didn't get that. They just got the drug part. And mm-hmm. so they had this trauma and on top of being a teenager and figuring out life and on top of having to come live with us, um, that I think is a huge reason of just the chaos that's kind of been surrounding us and them for the last couple of years. Um, but I'm glad they're out of there. I'm glad they're with us and we're doing the best that we can for them. Um, they, they both progress quite a bit. Um, there's been some regression in some areas um, with them as well, but they they definitely have done great. So that is our family life in a nutshell. And through doing all that and, I mean, summarizing all that crap that's been you know going on in our lives and good crap, bad crap, whatever, um, just the whole experience in itself, I've all, I also started a business, um, and just to give you a little background on our business again, is I own Elder Contracting, so we, it's a construction company, remodeling company, we specialize in a variety of residential, commercial, um, and, and community type of, of construction, um, and that's been a wild ride uh, for the last five years as well. I basically I got off the plane on my mission, and while trying to convince and sell myself to my wife to get her to marry me. I started landscaping. I print out hundreds of cars and flyers and I hit as many houses in our neighborhood as possible. And, you know, a lot of people in our neighborhood that know me um, and I didn't get one call. I don't recall. I know for a fact, not one person called me in that neighborhood, no matter how many flyers and cars I printed out. But I started getting other work elsewhere. And I think that was an interesting lesson in itself to kind of see like where I was putting my efforts weren't bearing me fruits, but the action of doing something still bore me fruits. Um, and I don't know how that all worked out. Well, I do know, and I do have a great theory, but I'll get into that in another day at a time. Um, and I started, I started landscaping. I built a really good clientele. I was making some decent money. I was able to, you know, flex on my wife a little bit and take her to restaurants and get her gifts and, um, didn't really plan on saving too much. Um, never really learned how to save, honestly, my whole family, they, my parents at least were big spenders and I never learned anything about finances. Um, I think in my, in my mind, it was just, hey, if you 
need to save money, you ought to just make more money <laughs> than, than you spend. Um, and I've learned a lot more since that mindset. But it, it, went, it went well. And I ended up meeting a, a guy named Scott. Um, tree fell out of my, my truck on the road one day and outside of a Bank of America on Chandler. And this kid came up and said, you know, to help me, which was awesome. And he's like, hey, you own landscaping company? Do you landscaping? I'm like, yeah. You know, kind of give him a rundown, and then he introduced himself. He also had a little landscaping business and um, a pretty good clientele, and we met, and we decided to team up. So we teamed up, and I was the field guy running the jobs, and he was the mind um, behind the scenes doing all the, the office work. And we did end up getting um, – we did some jobs, and I think a lot of the experience of going from landscape to hardscape is what we did, like pavers, turf, and all that. Um, and – that, that was an amazing experience as well. Um, it didn't last very long. We ended up going separate ways. Uh, my heart was more in the construction part and he loved landscape. And so we ended up splitting up and I started getting into remodels, which I already had a pretty decent um, knowledge base of construction, general construction. I worked for a lot of restoration companies growing up, um, damage control restoration, slate restoration, um, and a few other companies. And so... Um, I, I had a pretty good general knowledge. Apart from that, which is always good with my hands, grew up in a mechanic shop, and so I was good with putting two and two together, kind of solutionizing problems, which I tend to do a lot, according to my wife. Um, and I guess not everything needs a solution, but, um, and so, yeah, so that's that's where all my knowledge came down. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna start doing construction. So I started doing construction. My father, or my stepfather, was a huge piece of that puzzle. Um, he, he been a handyman his whole life, um, apart from another, uh, other skill sets. And so he worked with me and we, we did all kinds of stuff, built bathrooms, additions, um, we, we painted commercial buildings, um, him, me and my younger brother Colton, who is now part of the elder team, uh, which again, huge family company. There are some great people in here. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's where we learned how to, you know, do everything with our hands. And I finally got officially licensed and going bigger and building bigger. And I failed pretty big too. Um, I don't know what year it was. I can't remember. Everything's such a blur at this point, but there, it was a Christmas time and I had that whole year been pretty consistent work and pretty consistent in having jobs and getting jobs done and making good money. And 2018, 19. 19, 2019, and it just slowed down and I didn't know what I was doing on the, like, I knew how to do construction, but running a business is so different. And that's another point I really want to bring out. And we're going to talk a lot about in the future is, you know, you can have a skill set, you can have a talent and if you want to start a business, it is not the same thing. Okay. You may be good at swinging a hammer. You may be good at putting up tile like, like I felt I was. But running a business and having systems and a culture and knowing how to be a leader, those, I mean, it's just a completely different and separate skill set that you need to have more than the experience of, of construction. And again, I'm talking about construction companies here. And so um, I failed horribly. I, I could get the work. I could sell all day long. I'm a great salesman. Uh, I could sell ice in Eskimo. I think it's a phrase, something like that. But I did not know how to run or organize a business. And because of that, the summer of 2019, I had no money. Um, I 
everything I had tried to build, all the jobs and capital I tried to build was gone. Um, I had lost money throughout many jobs in that student poor organization and management. Again, not knowing what I was doing, not knowing how to control cash flow. And we had a Christmas trip planned with her family to go up to to uh, Colorado that, that Christmas. And I didn't have money to pay for the gas. I had a vehicle. Um, so I had to go to family and our church and get help uh, to pay my bills. Um, and that was a very low moment. That was a moment where... I felt like I wanted to quit. I felt like I could be doing other stuff because my main priority was to provide for Ashen. Um, and she was pregnant with Nova at that time. So like, I had all these priorities in my head and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I need to go do something else, take my skill set, maybe I can go sell it at a dealership. Um, my uncles and her family, they all own a construction company. They're all contractors. And so I knew I could, you know, go do stuff for them. And I had a lot of people also that cared for me that are like, hey, man, you just need more experience. So why don't you go you know, work and hang windows, why don't you go do more landscaping or focus on where you can get more experience about how to run a business. Um, and again, looking, knowing what I know now, looking back, it had nothing to do with hands-on experience. I need to go get business experience about how business management, uh, construction management experience is what I really needed. Um, but I had all these people that cared for me, cared for, you know, my wife that were just like, hey, you need to maybe do something else. Um, and I think that was a pivotal moment for me in my personal life and in our relationship as well, because uh, she was going to have to support whatever decision I made, you know, on basically what, you know, hey, if I want to do something, I need to just do it. I decided to keep going. I decided to keep pressing forward. I went with an un with my uncle who had a business opportunity to help him build a restoration company. So I spent six months with him on a very low salary that didn't pay for our bills very well. During that time, we had our first baby, went through that whole experience, and then I was still failing on trying. Like, restoration is way different than construction. It was a harder business to get in with insurance companies. So again, lack of experience and knowledge. We tried to build this without the proper resources, and I ended up, we didn't make that work either. So that's another company that someone entrusted me, which it wasn't my company, but my uncle brought me on to build it and to get work because I'm a great salesman. Um, but you don't sell people on emergencies, you know? I mean, there, there might be some cases, but for the most part, emergencies, people call, you know, they call 911, they call the fire department for fires, they call, um, you know, plumbers for floods. And so I'm this guy trying to chase, basically. And that's how the process used to be back in the day. Um, you know, fire chasers, all those people would chase these jobs and get the reconstruction working. Uh, for me, I was just trying to, you know, get people on social media, on Facebook, hey, I have a leak and trying to be the first one to get there or trying to contact them to go. And it just didn't work out. And so I started picking up, you know, I kept getting calls for remodeling because that's what I had done. And um, so I was still kind of doing that on the side to cover the other expense of living that, you know, this salary wasn't covering. So, you know, I'd work all day long trying to get jobs for this company and build it and then still have to go out and work a little bit to get these jobs done to pay for this. So, and my uncle knew that, you know, he was supportive of that. He knew that what I was making wasn't um, good enough at the time. And again, COVID things, I mean, inflation started to hit and things got more expensive. So it was really tough um, and businesses shut down. Right. So I uh, basically got my uncle and, you know, his partner of the restoration company, restoration company. I said, hey, you know, I'm getting a ton of work right now. Why don't we go where the money is and let's take care of these jobs and we'll still try to build this company, but let's take these jobs, get them done and 
uh, let's make some money. And, and they agreed. And that really is where Elder actually grew in personality and identity for itself. And I, from there, haven't stopped. And last year, we, um, you know, or just that first year of getting back into it, we cleared seven figures of revenue. And we've about tripled that every single year. Um, leading up to this year, uh, you know, we have goals to go beyond what we did last year. And again, we have, you know, dozens of employees and work vehicles and um, a great team, great culture. We have our, our office and, you know, trailer. So, and I say all this to explain that, like, hey, in four years, you know, we went from nothing to being a very successful uh, construction company. And we still have so many flaws. We're still learning so much. We're still learning um, you know, about the people that we need to bring on, the people that we're looking for. And um, there's always stuff to learn, but it's just awesome to see how much everybody has really come together and built what we currently have and the relationships with investors, corporate companies, um, and our residential clients. And, you know, we never, ever marketed, um, really, ever. And we always were busy. Referral basis was huge. And we weren't perfect. We did. We do have did have bad jobs, and every now and then there's mistakes made, right? Uh, but we've learned how to solutionize that. We've learned how to handle those situations um, very properly. And you know, Elder has just been a huge part of our life now. So on top of all that going on, we built a. I hate using the word successful company because I don't feel successful, mostly because I have a high vision, high goals, which I think is really important. Uh, Grant Cardone talks about the broke mindset about always bringing whatever you have down to zero every day because you know, that's how the hustle stays alive. And I think naturally I've always been that way. I never feel really satisfied. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about how that affects our relationship and our home life. Um, but I'm very happy and grateful about where we are, what we've built um, and the people that have helped me build it. Because there's no way I would have been able to bring this where we are today without the key players of our company. Um, which are brothers, fathers, um, and the people that support them as well. It's just been a phenomenal time. Um, and that is why we are trying to, why we are taking it upon ourselves to talk about the assignment, which is to balance home life and work life, because you can't do one or the other. Again, if things aren't good on this side, it's like, um, what were those scales called? Uh, the equilibrium scales or whatever. Like if too much weight's on one side, then you're, you're not even. You got to bring it even. And when you're even, when you're, the equilibrium is set, you're able to succeed and progress at a heavier rate than you would be if, you know, your relationship with your wife and your children is crap over here and you're out here hustling, okay? Because you're having stress from home. You're not at, your, at 100% operating capacity you're not at your best and to be able to build and reach your goals and your visions you need to be over 100 percent capacity you need to be able to put your entire self your entire heart in and then have your you know the people who support you also be able to do that on the back end and that's where the balance comes into play so we're really excited uh, to get this podcast um, started and, and really just share our experiences, our lives. And again, we're still growing. We're not, you know, this huge multi-billion dollar company. Um, we just want to share with other people our experiences. We all have different experiences and what we've learned. And one thing I will say before we end today is that I have learned that the principles 
and and ways of building, starting businesses and operating your home and work life, they've been the same for centuries. They've been implemented differently is the only difference. That is why we have taken it upon ourselves to, you know, the responsibility to find that balance and talk about that balance between home life and work life. Um, We're really excited to share with you guys our experiences. Um, We're going to be having a variety of different people on the show. We're going to be having uh, key key players, co-hosts, you know, uh, family members and co-workers here, co-partners share their experiences with us, kind of our culture and also their personal experiences of what they've learned. And we're also going to have guest speakers. We have a great lineup coming up of business owners that started uh, from zero and have built um, million dollar multi hundred million dollar companies, multi million dollar companies, people that have done incredible things in the business and home world. And I can tell you right now, every one of these successful people that I know that we're going to be interviewing, they are amazing people. Um, They have mastered themselves to a point to where their business is a reflection of them. And I think that's one of the most important principles. So we're really excited, guys. Uh, Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, um, please leave them with us. We're happy to answer them. You can also follow us on Instagram at HWA Podcast, where we're going to be releasing all the info, lineups, everything you guys need to know about this podcast on our Instagram. Um, Go follow us. Don't miss out. This is This information and everything we're going to be talking about is going to bring your business and yourself personally to an entirely new level that you guys never thought you could achieve or even thought was possible. So go follow us. Don't miss out. Go do it.